All right, we're live on Facebook. So, hey, we're great. BrainTap Nation, we're back. BrainTap Business Journal podcast. But I thought this was such a timely message. And so many of our doctors need to know about this. So if you're out there in the wellness space, you need to tune in. Today, we have a very, very special guest on on the network. And we're talking about someone who's actually done things that others have only thought about doing or dreamed about doing, or maybe they think she's insane for doing. But uh, Teresa Dugwell is one of these people. She actually ran, uh, she ran 22 marathons. Is that true? And you were a world-class spin instructor. You're on a treadmill for 12 hours. Is, could this possibly be true? Did somebody actually do these things? Tell us a little bit about what was the motivation behind that before we get into the real meat and potatoes, because this is somebody you must have a lot of mind power. So how did you do those things? Yeah, well, you definitely have to to uh, work on mind power to do those sorts of things. And um, the 12 hours on a treadmill three times was um, definitely something that was uh, took, took a lot of mind power. I was also doing something to raise money. I'm, I'm very big in building communities and I raised a lot of money for the YCA and um, so it was all about getting people active but I'll tell you those 12 hours um, and not with a lot of training initially but I did have the, the marathons behind me took some brain training learning about my physiology understanding how my body functions to actually get through it and not stop and come off it and feel like going dancing so it's it's pretty powerful and but I'll tell you once you can really master the ability of your mind there's so much that's possible and i know i know you you really specialize in helping practices get to those those seven digits that a lot of people think is just a mythical place that people go but you've done it a few times not just once it's not something you've done just once in your life and you have a you kind of a unique background because you're clinical psychology you were you were emphasizing this the physiology portion of it the psychology the biofeedback portion of it how does all this play into your knowledge of helping these clinicians take their practice because a lot of them don't understand they have to be a doctor or a healer plus they have to be a business person so maybe put that all together for us sure uh well i i worked in clinical psychology and we we used biofeedback as a means of treatment neurofeedback was the means of treatment and uh so i really learned to understand the impact of um, physiology and understanding how the body works so from a clinical environment i understood the practice i also uh, worked and consulted with um, dental practices, wellness practices, because I really enjoyed actually the business component. I loved the clinical aspect of it and working with patients and so forth, but the business component was something that I really enjoyed doing. So so through my work, I was able to actually really understand how practices work. And here's the thing, no matter what type of work you do in a clinic, there's a lot of similarities in how to build a practice. So I just took my knowledge from different practices and was able to create something. That's great. Well, you've also done something that a lot of our doctors wish they could do is write a book, but you've written two books, two best-selling books. So tell me about the background of, of writing those, the discipline, and and what's the satisfaction of doing that? Because a lot of people think, I, I talk to doctors all day long, they go, you know, I've got this specialty, I do this certain thing, I wanna write a book, but they never even get started. You've done it twice. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Yes, um, the books are in health and uh, fitness, and that's of course from my, my background and my love of, of health and fitness. And um, so I had a wonderful co-author too that I worked with on the books. And uh, so we decided that we saw an area that was, was missing and that was for women to really help women, inspire women to move their bodies, to take care of their bodies. But at a certain stage of their life, we looked at women 45 plus, because there was a point in women's lives that we found very, very common and that I found very common was that where you start to disconnect from self, where you start to not, not take care of yourself at the same level for whatever reason. So, so this was an opportunity to take the skill set from the psychology because we I created a, a self-assessment tool in order to actually measure where someone was at and what would be the most conducive exercise for that individual. And so we, we created this, these books that would help women actually really identify with where they were at and see what was possible for them. And uh, so that was part of this journey of understanding how people function and health and fitness and, and uh, the clinical environment. That's great. So as we get down to the nuts and bolts of building this million dollar practice, what do you think is the biggest thing that a doctor needs to do? I mean, when you first go in, or I guess a better way to say that is, what are you seeing most often that they're doing wrong that you can just fix rather quickly? Yeah, well, one of the things that, and I'll have to say right now in this time, which is a very unique time, as we all know, with the space of uncertainty right now in our world, um, in a practice, one of the things that really makes a difference is systems in a practice when if we use our bodies for example and we have systems in our body different parts of our body different functions that if one function is off let's just say you didn't get enough sleep last night and perhaps that's been going on for the last two three weeks you don't get enough sleep well it doesn't just stop with not getting enough sleep it, stop, it, it carries on and has an impact on the rest of your body. If you don't get enough sleep, then you're not going to function. You're not going to be alert. You're going to have less energy. Your cortisol is going to go up. You're not going to feel so great. And then if you keep it up, the systems are going to break down even more in your body. Think of the, your clinic like that. Your clinic is like your body in a sense. And when your systems, even just one system is out of place and it's not functioning, then what's the impact it's having on the other systems? So what's really important, and I find, is that if, if you've got a clinic, a practice that has systems, clear, concise, measurable systems in place, then your chances of breakdown are reduced significantly. And not only that, it helps you with actually being able to step back from the practice and not be required to be looking after everything and wondering because it's the wondering that creates stress as well when you don't know something so when you have measures you can you can actually then make plans and and be clear on things and i i, I was looking over you know everything you've done in the history of your life you've consulted doctors or clinics more than most people have actually been in clinics because of five thousand hours with your background with robin's research i mean you've been there you've done that you don't look that you could possibly have done all that in your lifetime, but those things have happened. So you started <laughs> when you were five years old and you began doing this kind of clinical work. So tell us about your background. I mean, this is somebody, you've not just done this because you figured, hey, I'll do it. You took world-class training. I know that Tony Robbins has great training and you've been working with clinics, taking those technologies and techniques into their clinics. So tell me about that. How does that play into your assessment of a practice? Well, 
Yeah, I've been very fortunate to to have um, to to work with an amazing company, and I have done thousands of hours of, of coaching, uh, which adds the value to what I can contribute to my clients and who I work with because of of that training, which is the best, the best in the world, I, I believe. And um, so, so I utilize a lot of, of what I've learned and throughout just the clinical environment mixed in with the coaching that I've done um, really adds a nice component to just understanding not just the clinic, but also the clinician, the practice itself, the people, because it's more than just the clinic. It's, it's about what about your patients? What about your staff? What about you? How are you doing? What's supporting you? And so my work is always about looking at the whole picture, not just a component. It's it's like, how are you functioning? Just as I said earlier, the body. The body is one entity there with everything functioning. One thing goes out, everything potentially goes out. The same with your practice. Everything involved is uh, something I'd like to look at and evaluate. Yeah, this is great because uh, I, I noticed that um, in my, my past life, if you will, I was a franchise owner. And so we had to go in and you know, if a franchise wasn't doing well, we would assess what was happening. The one place we found that was the biggest hole in the bucket, if you will, was their front desk administrator, we call it. So what do you think about that? How do you look at their the person picking up the phone, meeting and greeting their patients? Yeah, I, I refer to the front desk person as gold. Like that is there, can be your gold or it can be the opposite. That front desk person, makes it or breaks it because they it's how they handle how they deal with their own stress because you never know who's going to be calling in who's going to show up and what mood that person's in patients can come in or can call in and they've had a stressful day and it just you just happen to be at the other end how are you going to handle it how are you going to deal with actually being a good listener there's many good characteristics of that gold person i've experienced i remember i'll use starbucks because it's not a clinic but i'll just use it as an example because i'm a starbucks person which <laughs> and uh so but i went in and i asked her my drink and i asked for it extra hot which was like one of those special lattes extra hot with all the things in it and and i remember the barista making it and i love the baristas i always love chatting with them but this barista made it and she she actually burnt the drink and i said hey i said i think that burnt the drink um can you redo the drink please and i actually said please redo the drink i didn't, I didn't ask her and she got very offended by that as if she didn't she felt well it's it's extra hot it's going to be that way and i just remember her attitude in that moment now i'm not saying she's like that because it, it could be her training because here's the thing i look at the organization overall how do you train your people do you who do you hire and how do you train them once you hire them what do you base that on i always say you can always train someone in skills but you can't train an attitude. So she, I remember leaving there and when I left Starbucks, just feeling, wow, this drink was made not with too much love there. It was made with a lot of anger. And, uh, and then the opposite experiences happened to me. So it's about however you make someone feel is what they're going to remember. Not necessarily what you said to them, it's how you make them feel. And even if you think about a moment in your life where you felt good from an experience versus bad, we always remember the good over the bad, never in between. So 
So that's important. How does that front desk person make someone feel? Because they have an important role, a huge role. And that's something to really honor, but also to make sure that, that they know what, how they need to be in that space. That's great. I know that most practitioners, they have a little uniqueness about them. They they do something different than the other, especially in the world of chiropractic care and, and just wellness care in general. You've kind of got a personality about that. When I was researching you, they said, hey, if you want to work with somebody who's a combination of Mother Teresa and a Navy SEAL, you know, they should work with you, you know, <laughs> and so that kind of differentiated you from other people. We know Navy SEALs are dedicated. They're they're well trained. They you know, they know what they're doing. If you're going to go to battle, obviously you want to go with a Navy SEAL. Uh, the Mother Teresa part, um, I don't know about that, but uh, the, the compassion and all of that that's there. Yeah. How do you, when you go up to a, a doctor or any clinician who's doing healthcare, what is your strategy to uh, observing them or dialoguing with them? Do you have a way that says, hey, I'm going to pull out of you. What is your uniqueness that makes you different than the person down the street or across the town? Tell us a little bit about that process and why that helps them grow bigger and, and better. Yeah. Um well, the one thing is that when you're a practitioner, um, and I love the fact that we grow in this area, that we have so many different types of practitioners. Uh, however, if you're a practitioner and let's just say, I'm gonna use an example of um, a chiropractor, because we have many chiropractors and I love chiropractic medicine and I love getting adjustments and treatments and so forth. and. Um, and you are a chiropractor and you have a clinic and but you look and you see within one mile there's two or three other chiropractors in the area too my question to you is what makes you so special and that's in a loving mother Teresa way i'm asking that question so what makes you so special because why should someone choose you over the other ones up the street what makes you stand out so we want to look at what is your uniqueness? What is it that we can actually take and really, in a sense, commercialize your expertise? But what is it that you're, what is it that really stands in about you? What is that uniqueness that we can find? And there always is. Or what can you do for your practice? Let's say for a chiropractor, rather than just chiropractor treatment, what did you offer? Let's just say a program for you became sort of known as the, the person that could help golfers. You had a program for golfers, golfers that could uh, increase their score and, and um, have a winning season. And based on, they have this number of treatments, they have, they follow this program, they do have this particular diet, whatever it is. But what if you actually created something that was for a particular area of focus, then you would stand out. Then the golfer, wouldn't necessarily go to the person up the street because you would be the one. So you want to think about what's your uniqueness, what stands out about you or about your clinic or that you want to have stand out. Maybe you don't even know yet. It's something to explore. And that's something that my partner and I love to do is explore what it is. And because I come from a space of, and I guess this is the Mother Teresa too, as well as the sort of David Goggins. I come from a space that anything is possible. If you can think it, you just have to believe it and then create it. And when you've got the right support system behind you, when you've got a great system behind you, accountability, when you've got community, a great dream team, I call them, then then you can make it happen. And a clear, concise plan I should throw in there too is always important with actions. 
That's great. I know that when I talk to our doctors, you know, out there in the Brain Tap Nation, we have 2,300 clinics, and most of them, unfortunately, will only see a patient or a client once or twice, maybe even just for three months, and that's it. I mean, they they don't understand the, the benefit, and most people actually, with only 10% of the world even using chiropractic care at all, and then most people, over 90% of those people only go to a chiropractor once, and you and I both know they can't get the results in one session. What do you think is going on, and what can you do to help our doctors fix that? Yeah, and so I, this is where I have the mantra called, no patient should ever be left behind. No patient is left behind. And, and what I mean by that is that there's no reason why your patients, every single patient that sees you, unless they're just there for a short visit and they're leaving the country or leaving town, there's no reason why there can't be a plan that continues for that patient ongoing. And even if they're not coming back for a year, Here's the thing, if you want to develop lifelong patients, there is a cycle, I, I call this my life cycle of a patient. Think of even dating in this sense. When you first have the patient come in, it's that first initial visit. They come in, they get to know you. And then there's this stage of engagement. Engagement is where you start to build the relationship and you, you have plans for that patient. You have them see, what's possible for them working with you. You don't just look at what's happening right now for that patient. It's if they have an issue, yes, you wanna deal with the issue, but what about their future? Why not look ahead beyond what they want in their life so that they can be mobile, flexible, whatever it is, the, the treatment that you provide. And then from that space, when you engage the patient, then you're going into creating a patient that starts to feel connected. And the connection is when that moves into commitment and they're committed to you. So you want to take them through that, but the way you do it and the way I do it and work with people is basically a system, again, a system, which is important, um, that takes your patients from the ones that have been lost that you may have forgotten about, because that happens, to the ones that you have now and build lifelong relationships with those patients through a way, through that cycle, that has them in your in your schedule ongoing. There should be no reason they can't be in the schedule even a year down the road, but it keeps them in that space of connection, which is the commitment. And they feel also that you care. That's great. I know that uh, you're offering for anyone out there who's listening that has a health clinic, if they want to have an evaluation or a checkup, they mm -hmm. can get a hold of you. Uh, and we're going to put that link in the in the session notes. So if you're listening in your in your car, go back to your, the blog post and get it. Or if you're on Facebook, it's beneath us right now. You can click on that link and schedule a time. But tell us what if I schedule that appointment for my clinic? Walk me through a little bit about what I'm what I'm going to learn from you in on a high level. Of course, you you can't give the whole thing because we'd be here for another couple of hours. Probably, but tell us what's going on. Yeah. Well. First, the first thing I want to find out is is where you're at right now in the practice. So we do, I do the checkup that evaluates what are your internal strengths, what are your internal weaknesses, what are the challenges that you're having, what is your biggest challenge you're having. Uh, we look at also what's going on in the future of your industry as well, what's happening out there, 
and and I want to evaluate how things are really functioning in your practice and where there may be even some areas that you're not even aware of that that you want to look at. Um, I just want to use an example here for just a moment that's that's really powerful with a, a, um, a clinic that I worked with once. But there was a system they were using that they implemented to track patients and it was supposedly a great system, a patient management system. And they were tracking patients for, for a couple of years using the system. And it was tracking cancellations, rebookings, and so forth. And so when I actually evaluated the system, there were some holes in it that weren't present because they weren't really obvious. And as a result, it was like a funnel going the wrong direction of patients actually being lost in the system. So there were hundreds of patients that weren't returning. And, and it was nobody's fault here. The problem was that the, the system was never measured, wasn't checked, and so therefore they were losing patients. And so that was a, a whole area that had to be worked on that was losing thousands and thousands of dollars. And not only that, but potentially losing patients. Because I'll tell you, patients get busy and they don't have time to necessarily call back and make appointments, they forget. But if you remember, that's what makes you different when you remember and not forget these patients. So, so I really work with them, the clinicians getting present to where they are in their practice. And then I look at where do they wanna to get to? What's their plan over the next year, three years? Another question to look at is what's your exit strategy? Many times we don't look at an exit strategy till we're close to the exit. The only thing with that, which is great, you can do that. However, if you want to maximize your exit and get the most out of that, you want to plan ahead and think about, okay, I just purchased my practice last year. Let's just say I want to 25 years in my practice, that's it. What do I want 25 years to look like? What do I want to plan towards? Yes, it seems so far away and you're not going to plan that. However, if you had a plan to how to actually get there, if you chunked it down, then, you know, there's something there you, it gives you certainty. We love certainty, it gives you that. And so you have something to look forward to and you can shift along the way. So I look at where are you now? Where do you want to get to? How do we, how do we work to, to actually fine tune the areas in your practice that help you get to where you want to get to? Do you need more time? Because that's a big one. People need more time off. You're not doing the things you love to do. Do you need to make more money? Is the practice not making enough money? Do you, are you losing patience? Do you need more patience? We look at all these aspects of a practice. Great. Now, when you think about this world is very different today than it was even a year ago, but it's gonna be changing even more as we move forward. And like with using social media, using different marketing methods. When I was in practice in the late 90s and early 200, I mean, I was in practice from the 80s, 90s into 2000. I sold my company in 2010. And really I haven't been doing anything in practice since, since that day. So if I went in, it'd be totally different. You know, there's this thing called social media that now mm -hmm. offers you do here for me, you know, and they get on social media and they share, they share information. How does that play into this new marketing system? There's like a whole new world out there that a lot of our doctors feel like they're left behind. They don't even have websites. They don't have social presence. They, what does that do for a practice? What have you found? Well, I, right now, of course, um, this in this time, now that we are limited sometimes, even with the with the shutdown of practices or just the telehealth that's being used now as a method right there telehealth or wherever it's called in different parts of the world 
that there is a huge um, addition to a practice because patients many times, even before COVID, um, traveling could be a very big issue. And so if you can do, if you can set that up right there, you make it accessible for so many that may have had challenges to get there in the first place. But now, because of everything that's happening, we see how important it is and how valuable that is. So if you don't have that in your, and, and you're able to have that in your, your area of expertise, I highly recommend that because that really lightens things up for patients and you as well. Um, but having that exposure is really important because as we are today, as, as you are now, we, we are really going to the internet, going on Facebook, going on the, all these different areas of social media to really get the word out there, to support one another, to send messages out. But I still believe, regardless of all the social media, that we still need human contact. We still need to make phone calls. I still believe, maybe that's an old fashioned way, but I don't think so. But I still believe that people do love that connection as well. Making phone calls, sending cards, doing those little things that may sound outdated. Honestly, I don't believe that some of these things are outdated. I think they'll always be with us, at least through our lifetime. And um, so those things are important as well as all the social media aspect. And um, so especially right now. Not even three weeks ago, I got a postcard at the office from Google. Oh, I got a nice. Postcard. So, I mean, when from I, Google. my wife who's a marketing person, I said, even Google's using direct mail now. I mean, because it, it's like, it's not a, it's, it's not a one thing. Like some people have quit doing everything that worked in the past and start doing social media. They wonder where their business went. You've got to, if you're going to add something new, there's a strategy or a system, as you said, for that. So you're a, you're a systems person, your team puts together systems, evaluates, listens. And so if you're out there right now and you're, you're wanting to build your practice up. If you're at a million, they'll help you go beyond that. But if you're not there yet, you specialize in helping people bring their practice to a million dollar clinic. So when they, when they're thinking about doing it, or maybe they're just holding back, have you seen any signs of like people that they want to do it, but they don't do it? What, what seems to be the biggest block for, for a clinic to pick up the phone and say, Hey, I need help. Or what's the simple step they can take with you to take that away and say, Hey, let's just do it. Well, you know, I'm a very famous man, Tony Robbins, I'll use that. He has a, a famous quote and I love his quotes. And it's, it's in your decision and not your conditions that determine your destiny. So powerful. And what I take from that is that one decision you make, uh, be it that you move forward or not, is going to determine where you head. Now, a lot of times we don't make those decisions because we're not sure, there's uncertainty. And on uncertainty, there's risk potentially in uncertainty. However, I look at, there's two worlds you can live in. You can live in the world of resourcefulness, which I call resourceful camp, or you can live in the world of survival, which is survival camp. How do you know which world you're living in? Well, in resourceful camp, that's where everything happens. That's where dreams grow. That's where there's support systems. That's where things are moving. Survival, we know survival. That's where we are alone. We're playing it alone. We don't have the support system in place. We're just doing what we need to do to survive. Frustration, cortisols are high. The other side, more joy. 
How do we determine which camp we're playing in or which side we're on? By the questions you ask yourself. Check it. If you ask yourself questions that look for answers, then you're in the resourceful. You're in the camp that things are going to happen. But if you look for questions that look for reasons, so like, why is this happening? Or, well, why can't I do this right now? Or anything that looks for a reason to support what, what you're asking in your question, reasons will keep you in survival. Answers will keep you in resourceful. So check in, where are you living your life right now? Survival or resourceful? And so sometimes we need to step into that uncertainty in order to actually grow. That's where growth happens. Growth doesn't happen in certainty. That's where comfort lies. And I'll tell you, comfort only lasts for so while, just for so long until it starts to decline as well. So if you wanna grow, step into uncertainty and do something that actually takes you out of survival. That's great. So you're offering, uh, Teresa, a 30 minute clinic checkup. Any practitioner out there that's listening to this, just mention brain tap when scheduling. The link is below. It's uh, kind of a long link, so I think it's yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's uh, go.com forward slash Teresa Dugwell. <laughs> and but it's it's on it's beneath us here. And if you're listening to this on in your car, just go back to the, the notes. If you need us at BrainTap to get you that information, just call in, talk to one of your business growth advisors, and they'll be able to get you this this podcast link so we can get you set up, start getting someone to evaluate your business. The worst thing that can happen is what's happening right now, nothing. So, but the best thing that can happen is some incredible changes, some systems put in place, some growth, some possibilities. There's nothing better than than having, living in that world of possibility like you're talking about where you have, you start uh, questioning what's happening in a very positive way and then creating those solutions and getting into that resort uh, place that you're talking about, which uh -huh. all of our doctors would love to live in the resort camp instead of in survivor camp. And of course, when they shut down everything, a lot of our doctors were in survivor camp because they never considered this. Now we have one more possibility we need to think about and train about. And so like you're talking about maybe bringing in telemedicine, maybe doing something like bring most of you have the brain tap already, but if you don't have the brain tap, call us up. Let's get that in. You can start selling that to your patients. And I'm sure there's a lot of other things. If you haven't started a, a weight loss program group or something like that, there's a lot of things you can add to your practice and, and Teresa and her team can get with you and figure out what's gonna be best for you with the staff you have. And then where do you wanna to grow to? Where do you wanna be? A lot of people aren't even leveraging their degree. You know, they think that they're a technician instead of a doctor. You know, or maybe they're maybe they have a clinic or maybe they're in their home right now and they want to move out of their home and get into a, a business setting. You know, those are people that can call you up, get an evaluation. Let's see how we can help them grow. Is there anything, Teresa, that I've forgotten to ask you or that you think that we should share with our BrainTap Nation before we end the, the, the podcast today? Wow, that was very thorough. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I, I just want to touch on the fact that it has been a challenging year. 2020 has definitely been a year that will be remembered for many, many more. And, and I know that it's had an impact on many practitioners, pretty well all practitioners. And so, but I, I also want to send a message out there that it's, there's, there's hope, there's possibility for things to shift and to grow doesn't mean you have to stay stuck. You have to check it on where you're living in your mind, in your heart. 
What is the emotional home you live in every day? What are the emotions? What are the emotions that you live in every day? Two or three of them, check in. What are your consistent emotions you live in? That's your emotional home that you're living in. And how is that affecting how you're feeling? Because this is, yes, a challenging time, but you can either make it a challenge and go into survival, or you can make it look at this as an opportunity where you can step into that uncertainty and grow from this experience and know that anything is possible. But again, I always say you've got to have the right mindset and brain tap is a great way to get the great mindset. Um, you need to have support systems. You need mentoring. You need to have a clear, concise plan. There's ways to make it happen to shift you in that resourceful space where that's where you're looking for all the answers to make things happen. So my, my feedback to you really is to check in. Where do you live in your heart every day and check in? Is it resourceful or is it survival? And growth lives in uncertainty. There you go. Thank you, Teresa, for your time. And I'm sure people are going to be calling you. Let's get them thriving in their practice, living in that uh, resort kind of uh, camp in living the life of their dreams, really, because when they when they decided to become a health practitioner, they had yeah. big visions. And if they're letting the practice or the drudgery of everyday life kind of get them down, are they going to be present for their for their clients or patients? You know, if you're if you're living in a state of joy and you're you're seeing improvement and I mean, money doesn't solve all the answers, but at least if you have money, you have a different set of problems to deal with, not not the same ones if you don't have the resources and the income necessary. And I personally believe, and I think you do too, that there are so many people to help. There's no shortage of clients or patients out there. It's just, how do we get them? So again, I want to thank you for spending your time here. Hopefully people will take advantage of that 30 minute checkup. Go there, talk to Teresa and her team. Let's see if we can get you on board with the seven figure practice. And if you're at seven figures right now, let's go to the next level. You know, whatever it is, we all have ceilings. And as you all know, I'm a big proponent of getting help. I get help all the time. I trained actually with Tony Robbins myself back when I could do the firewalk for $30. So it was a long time ago. <laughs> sorry, $300. I was with a group of real estate agents and uh, one of them got me in. I was just a, a, a poor starving student at the time and uh, just just about to graduate. And I knew that there was something there. There was some magic there. So you, you just need that spark. So uh, Teresa can give you that spark. She can shine the light on your practice, maybe find where you're where you need the biggest help first, get you up and stand you up, get you going and get your business thriving, get your life, get your life back. Especially if you feel like you're handcuffed to your practice, you need to give her a call. Let's get in, let's get involved. Let's get, let's get going and thriving in practice and helping more people. So again, thank you, Teresa, for being on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity to uh, connect with you and uh, to give out, uh, to share whatever feedback I can give to help all the practitioners out there to to look at if, if i could just have given you one thing today that means a great deal and but i am here for anyone that wants to reach out and, and have that 30 minute uh check check out call and uh see how i can contribute to you that's great well thank you again for being here on the brain tap business journal podcast each podcast we try to bring you business tips and tricks that can help you in your practice or maybe help bring you experts that we feel can help you that have a proven commodity that, that we've, we've also vetted. We know that they, they are someone who's been out there doing it. So Teresa and her gang is one of them. So please give her a call, check the links out and please tune in for our next 
Brain Jet Business Journal podcast. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Take care.